South Africa. Is that right? Y'all, do you, do you guys... Um, do you what? No. Die motherfucking antwoord. Afrikaans. Sick. Yeah, everyone always wants me to talk Afrikaans. Yeah. Yeah. Can you <laughs> just say, like, I'm Charlize Theron? My name is Charlize Theron. Oh, do you actually know the language? Oh, of course you would. I thought they spoke only English in South Africa. No, we have stupid. 11 official languages. I thought Afrikaans was like a dialect of English or something. Uh, it's heavily influenced by English, but it's mm. it's uh, Dutch. It's uh, it's a derivative language of Dutch. Yeah, it's okay. not quite a dialect because it's too far away from Dutch to just be a dialect. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, it's like a it's like a, a English Dutch hybrid type thing. Uh, well, really Dutch based, Dutch based with some English, mm-hmm. Malay. Uh, I think there's some French. In Are there, there any actual African languages that like made it through? Yeah. 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 There, we have 11 official languages in South Africa. Two of them are white languages, mm-hmm. and the rest are all uh, tribe, tribal, tribe languages. Really? Like Osa, Zulu, Sutu, Tswana. I saw. I saw you did. I heard a click there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm click? not good at my click. Okay. Osa. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, it's not good. It's yeah. terrible. It's not awesome at all. <laughs> I can't do the click properly, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I saw a meme where a guy was teaching another guy how to speak African, and it was super complicated. African or Afrikaans? Because African, African. African... Not African. Like, well, African isn't really a language. So it was probably I knew like, that. <laughs> it was probably like Zulu or Sutu or... Yeah, one of the... Bantu Cthulhu, or. something like that. That's, that's the... Cthulhu? That's the god of... I don't know, death or something. <laughs> okay, we're getting off topic. You were born in South Africa? Yes, I was and lived born there. there. How yeah, long did you there. live there for? I lived there for um, 17 years. Whoa. Yeah. So you like grew up there. Like you were informed of everything there. Yes, yes. It okay. shaped me. Whoa. Yeah, it's a big part of who I am. Okay, so like growing up in South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, as a young boy, mm-hmm. I can say that. I don't. I don't know how to. Yeah, I grew up as a young boy. Yeah, yeah. And were you informed, like, of your, um, I guess, dysphoria, mm-hmm. like early on, or were you kind of developed that growing up? Yeah. So I, um, I definitely had, was quite uncomfortable uh, with like 
things like gender roles. Mm. And um, I was definitely very um, more on the feminine side. I did not have the language at that age to really understand what I was going through. Mm -hmm. But like now looking back on it, a lot of things are put into perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, My dysphoria became a lot more like conscious after after I went through male puberty. Um, because that changed my body in ways that made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when my dysphoria really um, kicked in on, on a more conscious level. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Uh, I definitely always felt out of place um, mm-hmm. uh, growing up. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, was and it- I think that if I, if I just stayed in South Africa... It would have been a lot harder for me to transition, but I would have had to do it, you know, uh, one way or another. Yeah. Like, how does South Africa perceive trans people? Oh, very, very badly. Terribly. Like, how Uh, so? I actually had, like, I know this sounds like an SJW buzzword, internalized transphobia, Mm -hmm. but, like... Yeah, no, that's... um... We're in a basement, so <laughs> so like, any any sort of things like that, yeah. Don't let that interrupt okay. the mood. Sorry, yeah. sorry. No, but you said internalized transphobia. Yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, socially I, I imposed a, on you or something? Well, just cultural ideas about and how like trans people are represented in the media as mm-hmm. like prostitutes or like um, like like um, mentally ill men in dresses, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they're spoken about. Um, they're not like portrayed the, as like... And just like the people, even like the trans people that I saw on a, on, on a regular basis, they were, uh, they were poor. They looked very not great because mm-hmm. they were poor one and so they couldn't really transition. Mm-hmm. And so the perception of trans people was just that they're freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of that that I needed to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting though because you know a lot of people have a hard time understanding what it means to be trans mm-hmm. um, and in a strange way I got it when I was really young even when I didn't quite realize that I was uh, trans I um, my, I was watching a TV show that was playing on um, my parents TV and it was like one of those talk shows like Maury where they have... But, but African? No, no, no. It was American. Oh, okay. And they had someone on on the talk show, uh, a trans person. And I could tell that it, there was something off. Like I didn't quite know what the gender was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I asked my mom, Mom, what is that? And my mom said, that's a woman trapped in a man's body. And like immediately it clicked to me and I was like, oh, okay. That's a concept that you understand now. I, I, I immediately understood that yeah. concept. The idea that someone can be a woman in some internal sense um, and have a male physicality. I got that like immediately. Um, and that, I remember that so clearly. That was the first introduction I had to trans people. And immediate, like, immediately, I didn't see on that screen, I didn't see a man. I saw a woman mm-hmm. uh, who was having a hard time being given a body that wasn't in, in alignment. And I immediately got that. And I, I, rema- I immediately, I remember feeling sorry for her. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I think people who have, especially trans people, obviously get that. 
on a, on a fundamental level. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really have to explain that to them. So, yeah. Is that like a feeling then? Like as a kid, you felt this like trapped in a body kind of feeling? I didn't have the trapped in a body feeling. Is that too dramatic? That is a bit, that is definitely a bit hyperbolic. Um, yeah. Hyperbolic. But, How would you but, describe it? But I got it? the concept that, that uh, gender is more than just one's physical body, that gender actually manifests in, you know, sex roles mm-hmm. and and in, in the mind and in, in your psych- psyche. And um, so how I would describe being trans, if, if you would like me to, yeah. uh, I just, um, it just means having um, a self-concept, a gender identity, a self-concept, a sense of self, a self-image um, that is a gender different from your sex at birth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, typically you experience dysphoria from that disconnect between the two. And then to treat that, you um, align the body with your mind more closely. So you change the changeable p- parts of your sex, mm-hmm. like your hormones, like your sex and secondary sex characteristics. And you, um, and you align it more closely with your mind and then that dysphoria is alleviated. It's, okay. That's like the most, the simplest way I could, I yeah. could uh, explain it. Yeah. Were you diagnosed like with gender yeah. dysphoria? Yeah. And that, is that how that starts that process? Well, obviously, you. I kind of knew that I had dysphoria mm-hmm. and and that I was trans before being officially diagnosed by a doctor. Yeah. Um, Were you like, mom? I need to see a doctor about this. Yeah. 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 Okay. One hundred percent. Oh, that's really like self-aware of you. Are like trans people generally like that? There is kind of an increased hyper-awareness. Yeah, I think I think yeah. trans people kind of they have to know themselves better because they're almost forced to understand themselves better. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 all the parts align from from brain down to your chromosomes, uh, it's easy not to think of it and just to conflate mm-hmm. uh, uh, your identity with your penis and with or with you know, with your with your maleness and like, mm. but when the two are are um, disconnected or switched or the parts don't quite fit, that's when you when you're almost forced into that position of thinking about these things. Yeah, like I have to do something about this. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. But also, what is this okay. in the first place? Before oh. I even know what to do, I have to understand what this is. Okay, and that's often confusing. Yeah, and you're saying like like. Children experience this. Some children do, but um, sorry, I guess that's yeah. is everybody different then. There, there are common patterns, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, everyone is different to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, male puberty often takes a toll, and it often takes male puberty for someone to realize how uh, it, how their their gender identity is in disalignment. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it takes. Um, it just takes being born. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, and kids. You just and, and, know. There are, and there are kids as, as young and they're like, mommy, why are you calling me a boy? I'm a girl. And oh, they just wow. know this, right? And it's interesting because even like cisgender kids, right, who aren't mm-hmm. trans, they have been they have been asked these things. Um, like, for example, boys have been asked by psychologists, are you a boy? And then they would say, uh, yes. And they would ask, why are you a boy? And they would say, I have, I have a winky or, or penis mm-hmm. or whatever. And then uh, the psychologist would say, 
uh, would you be able to become a girl? And then kids would then go from defining gender as sex to defining gender as sex roles. And then you, and, and then kids would say, yeah, if I put on a dress and, and uh, look after the baby, I can mm-hmm. be a mom. I can be a, uh, I can be a girl. And they have this conflation at a very young age mm-hmm. of, of gender and of, of um, sex and sex roles. Those are cisgender kids. Yeah, it's just gender okay. kids. Yeah, they, but trans kids don't respond the same way. Yeah, they do. They do. They also understand that. Well, well, trans kids obviously, when their sense of self, when their gender identity is in disalignment, they would probably, when if if they were asked, "Are you a boy?" Mm-hmm. they would say, "No." And then um, maybe the doctor would say, "But you have a," or the psychologist who is like doing this these case studies would say, mm-hmm. "But you have a penis," and then. The kid would probably say, but I, I feel like a goal. I'm a goal in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great impression of a child, by the way. <laughs> really? Willy, <laughs> willy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think feel feeling like a goal, mm. it's been mainstream like that, that being trans or having a gender identity is just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just very low resolution language to explain it. It's like how a kid would explain it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think people take that and run with it. Um, to say, oh, oh, if you just feel like something, then you must be it. But it's obviously more than just a feeling, mm-hmm. right? It's not a whim. It's something that's deeply, um, that's constructed biologically in many ways. Through, psychologically, probably. Well, biologically and psychologically yeah. it's constructed. It's, it's const- like your psyche is obviously constructed in part by biology, mm-hmm. of course. Like um, when it comes to gender and gender differences, it's uh, in many ways constructed by uh, your testosterone expose, exposure in in utero mm-hmm. in in, um, in the uterus, and then again, uh, you get that another de- dose of testosterone in puberty, okay. right? So that constructs a great deal of of your psyche and has a very heavy impact on your gender identity mm-hmm. um, that a lot of social constructionist types don't want to really acknowledge. Yeah, um, that like hunt instinct. In males, probably just ramps up. Yeah, well, yeah. well, well, aggression and, and those kinds of things do, especially uh, around your second puberty or mm-hmm. your second kind of hormone a change of hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, second puberty? There's a second puberty? Well, I, I call it. It's your first puberty. Okay. Like you don't actually have puberty in the womb, but it's 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 too your you, your hormones change. Um, and destabilize, and you get like this burst of testosterone or burst of estrogen uh-huh. um, at those two different times, right? Uh-huh. Where your hormones go all funky. It changes you physiologically. Yeah, physiologically, uh-huh. right. Yeah. Um, and that happens in utero and then at puberty, right? Uh-huh. Um, so what was my point? So yeah, it's not just a feeling. It's a, it's a biologically, it's, it's, a, it's a part of one's psyche that has... Um, a biological substrate and a psychological substrate. Did did you come out to your parents, or did they discover that, um, or did they approach you about how your dysphoria? Um, so I I never spoke to them too at length about my dysphoria. I just mm. spoke to them about my being trans. Okay. Right? So I didn't talk too much. You framed much. it like that. Yeah, I didn't talk too much to them about the distress. I, I tried to explain to them not so much the distress, but where's that distress coming from? So they understand what I am first rather mm. than what my, my, my current state, the distress has caused me. Because, well, one, I, I don't want 
I want my parents to understand what trans means mm. first and foremost. But secondly, I just didn't want to worry them too much, right? Yeah, right. Um, but uh, I actually... That's sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I try not to make too big of a deal when it's not necessary, you know? Sure. Um, so my point, I, I did eventually speak to my parents about my dysphoria, but I came up to my parents when I told them that I want to change my name. And they okay. kind of started getting it, right? And then I told them that I want to change my pronouns. Um, I want I want them to start saying she. And I kind of just introduced Gradually, them Gradually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only person I really told because I was worried that they wouldn't understand, right, was my little brother. Okay. So um, my little brother, um, I... One day we were went to a restaurant. He was visiting in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pulled him closer. And I think at the time he was like 10, 10. And I, I pulled him closer and I said, you know, his name is Marcus. I said, Marcus, I know like you've known me as your brother and, and all of that, but um, I'm actually your sister. And, I, and, and he said, um, oh, okay. I knew that. He just knew, yeah, he knew that. He's like, and I was like, um, I just wanted you to t- to tell you um, so that you can start using she pronouns instead yeah. of he. Uh, and like no fuss. And he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. That was like zero. It was like, I was so, so surprised at just how chill my little brother was and how he got it. Like he just got what I mm-hmm. meant when I said that I'm actually a girl, mm-hmm. right? And that I'm actually his sister. Um, and, and he just, he picked up so quickly on the she, the she pronouns. And it's funny because he helped out my parents to start using she pronouns because they're a little bit more stuck in their ways, right? Sure. And then my older brother, um, who is, he's now, he's 27. He still lives in South Africa. He's mm-hmm. actually moving next year, but. To BC? Uh, to Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Yeah. So. BC light. <laughs> pretty much yeah. <laughs> so um, I also just told him you know when he came to visit for the first time I, I told him she would you mind using she pronouns and he just immediately no fuss yeah. just did it well they love you right they like, love they don't, me they don't, they're not going to give you a hard time over this well no a lot of parents do unfortunately oh, yeah. they really do they okay. really do give you give some kids a hard time and, and I I to some degree, I don't blame them because it's it's often hard for them to really understand. Mm-hmm. Right? It is hard hard to understand for a lot of parents. Like, so I get you, it. But you're like, and then to other to sometimes parents are just straight up hostile. Do you think you were so. kind of in like an exception to, um, to like how it typically goes uh, with uh, uh, the coming out stories? Our, our parents, like you just said, right? They're mm-hmm. typically not um, f- uh, super gung-ho about going along with this process mm-hmm. or like hesitant to understanding because, you know, they they knew you as like their child or they're still their child, but they knew you a certain way. Yeah. And then this is like a drastic change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't easy. Mm. You know, it just because they were accepting doesn't mean it was easy. Like my mom did feel a sense of grief for a while because she felt like she lost, lost her the son. son. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
and it was difficult for her. And she also did not really know how to deal with the politics, the gender politics of having another woman in the house. Uh, she was always the queen, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then it was like her three sons mm-hmm. and um, my my dad. So she was like the queen bee, right? Mm-hmm. And now here I come in and uh, she has to deal with a daughter now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there was some politics going on. Yeah. yeah. Was it like evident, like, was it bit. like a new vibe? Because you're still you yeah, in a yeah, sense, yeah. No, right? There, there was slightly, slightly new vibes. Uh-huh. Um, a little bit more negative or like uh, yeah. catty. My yeah, mom was yeah. a little bit catty sometimes. Were you always catty though? No. No, no. I, I wasn't catty. No? No, right. I'm a okay. sweetie. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> um, so you, you were a teenager. I can be a bitch though. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to just ask how old you are, but. Like, were you, you a teenager? How old are you? Uh, I'm 23. You're 23. Yeah. I feel so old when, because like, I just speak to people like younger than me, I find. Ever since I got into this free speech movement mm. or whatever, it's just like everyone's been younger. <laughs> I just feel like a geezer. But okay. How old are you? 27. That's not old. That's not even that much older. But you're I have a so, kid. You're so lucky that you have a kid. Thank you. What you a mentioned blessing. that earlier. Thank you very much. What a blessing. That's so nice. He's he's all right. He's an all right guy. Yeah. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Um, well, you can only hope for an all right guy as yeah. opposed to like I don't know a criminal or a, no, a, a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's really funny. He's like one of the funniest people I know, and he's like one of the um, the harshest critics I know. Just because, like, you know, kids are just blunt and they don't know any better. And oh, they yeah. just they oh, say yeah. what's on their mind. They're dead honest. They're dicks. No filter. Total yeah. dicks. Yeah. Um, sorry. So back on back on topic, I guess. Um, mm. So you were, like, a teen when you came out to your mom, I guess? Um, I, was, I was, uh, I was a, um, I was, like, around 20. Okay. Yeah. So as Theron, mm-hmm. is that, like, a recent thing in your life? Relatively speaking? Relatively, yeah. It feels uh-huh. like it's been forever. Uh-huh. You know, because it feels kind of like, just like I've always been me. Yeah. Thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I've, I've always... No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not trans, so no. like, uh, yes. I guess when, when you change in a way that f- you feel more like yourself, mm-hmm. it, it just feels so right that it doesn't... Ever feel like it feels like something old right away? Yeah, you know. Do you what? know what I mean? I bought a car recently, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I like take it, I started taking trips with it. I was like, "Why is this coming so natural to me?" Like, like I'm, I've, like I'm meant to wander. Maybe something like that. Well, yeah, that is a pretty good way of. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. just comes naturally yeah. to you. Yeah, like this yeah, and, is and this is who I am. This is who I am, yeah. and so immediately it it feels like. Natural. It's 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 kind of like my relationship with my fiance. You know, we got engaged mm-hmm. in the first month of being together, right? Whoa, was that you or was that him? That was him. It was him. Oh wow! Um, he scooped you right up. He did. Wow. Um, we've been happy, um, happy, happiest ever since. Um, but I guess my point is just that within the first month, it felt like we've been together for ages because mm-hmm. it just felt so. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think you know that feeling. Some everyone knows that feeling is when it just feels right. You know what? It feels like it's been this way forever. Let's hope so that feeling lasts because 
That's always like that rush of like, oh my God, this is so perfect. It can't be you know like, what? I was worried. It can't last. I was worried that that was the thing. And I uh-huh. we, we haven't always had like the easiest relationship. It hasn't always been easy. Not to get too personal. Mm. Let's um, get personal. <laughs> we, uh, you can, we can, I guess. No, you don't have. Um, but I know Lewis, like Lewis, the degree to what, which Lewis shares and the degree mm. to which I share is like different. He yeah. does not like sharing as much. Sure. It's his Korean self, very mm. different private very like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but either way my, my point was like um i was worried that at points like was this just like an in love that rush mm-hmm. but yeah you know now like a year later like it's 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 just gotten better and it's such an upward trajectory and like i just feel like you know yeah. at some point you just know mm-hmm. right and like there is no one on earth more amazing than him. So I'm really happy in my relationship. Yeah. Well, I'm happy and for you. Yeah, and it's getting married is way overdue at this point because um, it's just a matter of organizing the wedding. And Are you going to throw a big bash? I would like to. Not not massive, mm-hmm. not huge. But Are you going to invite like P. Diddy and 50 Cent? I'm going to invite... All white party? I'm going to invite Peterson to my wedding. Oh my God, you should... Have him be the min. He should have him, like marry you. Yeah, he can, does. You think that. he can do that? Oh, I would love that. Because are, are, are you a Christian? People. He does. Yeah. Really? He does marry. Yeah, he's a licensed. Uh, he's a minister. Yeah. You can marry. There's us. no way. Yeah. Peterson, Peterson. I want. I'm gonna get married <laughs> just for that. Oh my god! And then you can like talk to our kid when uh, he has like. Issues. I don't know if Peterson is too much of a traditionalist to, to mm. marry us. Um, Did you see him vape? Oh my God. And like that thing he said before, like he vaped, how he was like, he understood, like I understand rituals and rituals are important. So like I'll partake. And that like told me everything about his character. But he's definitely invited to my wedding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Am I invited to your wedding? We just met. We just met. Yeah, this is all for camera. I, I can't, I don't know. You gotta know. play it up. Well, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I can scrape enough enough money to have a wedding that big where I can invite mm-hmm. even like, um, you know, very, very like acquaintances, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I would love to invite you. <laughs> but I just oh, well, thank think, you. I just don't think I'll be able to invite I'll find a- myself out. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know if I'd be able to like make such a big, um, such a big wedding where I can invite so many people. Unfortunately. At least you're getting married. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. It's... I just got separated. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, yeah, it's pretty pretty shitty. No, I'm, I don't know why you took it there. No, no, <laughs> I was no, like, no. say it, John, say it. No, tell no, me. Uh, no, 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 no. If, uh, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. Maybe. After break. Because mm-hmm. okay. we're about to go on break. Okay. What a weird place to take this conversation right before break. Separation. Okay, we'll be right back. Too bad, too late, Theron Meyer. It was not a very good one. Ninja! Ninja! Fight, fight, fight! Do you like the ant word? Are they like, are they the biggest thing to come at us? What is it? Uh, At the end of that song, DJ. High tech comes out and just like tech, just commits. Fuck you, the ass. Fuck you, the ass. When I heard that ass. shit, I was like, wow. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. Fuck you, the ass. <laughs> that was very provocative, though. DJ, oh, dick. 
Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's not waste time. Okay, uh, we're gonna get a little political again, unfortunately, but I guess yeah, that's what ahead. we're here for. Ta- speaking of kids, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill C sixteen. What are the uh, the implications there with regards to children? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think there is any particular um, implications for children. I know that one thing that was cited was that kids still get, you know, bullied uh, for being trans. And and I said, well, yeah, but how is a law going to change kids from bullying? Do you want to lock them up? Do you want to put them on trial? Do you want to give them a fine for being kids? Mm. I was horrifically bullied. I understand the the, the, um, pain of being bullied as a kid, but like, how how is this law any gonna have anything to do with it? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Yeah, you can tell kids not to bully, but that that doesn't take it out of them, right? Well, it, that and it doesn't make them adults who should be put on trial. Mm-hmm. Like for- you know what? Like really disturbed me. I think after Bill C sixteen passed, what is it, Minister Wilson Raybold? Yeah, is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Minister um, Jody Wilson Raybold. She brought out this. Uh, I guess it's a trans boy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a boy who identified as a girl. I guess, and he okay, had so his whole piece. Okay. He had a he he said his she said his piece. Mm-hmm. Learning, That's trying, okay. trying to be polite. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and that really disturbed me because I was like, does this kid know that he's being used like as a political pawn right now? Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, it's 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 going for that bleeding heart liberal vote. It's like this is who we're doing it for, yeah. guys. Think about this little the guy. Children. Yeah. So I figure Bill C sixteen you know, naturally yeah. affected children to some degree. Well, it, it, I guess the whole activist thing does. Uh, activist politicians obviously they want to force a change in the culture. They want to inspire a change in the culture, and obviously. Mm you change a culture, obviously, that has some effect on, on, on kids. I just don't think... They just use the kids as, like, a empathy, to garner empathy, of course. I did speak to one woman. She did. I don't think she... She did t- testify. She was the mother of a trans kid. Um, um, and she... I spoke to her at length, and she was in support of the bill because she's seen how her her daughter was son, daughter now, was uh, horribly bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just felt like um, we need to protect trans people. Um, and I explained to her why I see where she's coming from, but here are my problems with the bill. And she was very reasonable. Um, and she genuinely just seemed to care about her child, right? Mm-hmm. And she just wanted to make sure that her child grows up into a society that uh, values her child's life and mm-hmm. livelihood and uh, a government that will be there for her um, just like that government would be there for any other group, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm sympathetic to that. I get it. Um, unfortunately, the, it, the devil is in the details and the technicalities and, and, and the precedent and and it's not that I don't want, you know, trans kids and, and trans adults and all trans people from all stripes of life to, to live a good life and be protected and feel feel welcomed into society and mm-hmm. feel like they can participate in the mm-hmm. mainstream culture without 
demonization. I'm very sympathetic to that. Yeah, you said this about Bill yeah. C-16, is that it demonized trans people or well, it, 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 it doesn't um, necessarily creates like a, a an environment of like resentment with with the with the with the compelled speech thing well yeah resentment there's maybe some of that for sure yes mm -hmm. it does it, the compelled speech aspect of it make i don't think sh people should i think sh they should be able to uh, separate the politics from the people right mm -hmm. and, and not let the politics that they disagree with affect how they treat trans people mm -hmm. but people do that they conflate so that is an issue. And another thing is just that this bill um, is, and the terms are so nebulous and, and well, kind of meaningless that if it's enforced on like uh, an occupational level, like employee-employer relationship, mm -hmm. um, like they like trans people would be like pushed out of the workforce in many cases because. They would be seen as a as a legal liability yeah. um, uh, for you know prospective em employers, and you know, funnily enough, that's what they say they want to protect um, trans people from from discrimination in the workplace. But the thing is, it's not that easy to to figure out exactly why someone didn't hire mm -hmm. uh, a tr uh, someone. They could just chalk it up to something else, like a, like education. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of variables. Have, yeah, there are so many variables that the, that that the person can really pull anything out of the hat, or just the interview didn't go that well. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with this person being trans, and so you can't really enforce that, and you can't use the bill to to really enforce that properly. And so it really works against them um, because they don't think too much. They're not too thoughtful. They're a bit too emotional, and um, and it's it's unfortunate because I think I'm very centrist, right? Uh, I consider myself center-right and I consider myself a conservative in the Canadian context. Mm -hmm. But I think that the left, I agree with many of the conclusions that the left come to, but I just, I, they frustrate me and how, how terribly over-emotional and inarticulate they are. The right? current, the current uh, incarnation of the left? Yes. Yeah. And I think that it's not that I want, it's not that I necessarily want our society to move uh, for the left to win. I don't want the left to win the culture war per se, but I don't want the far right to win it either. And the yeah. way the far right doesn't win is when the left can make the case, when they're articulate. Even if I'm not leftist, which I'm not, I still want the left. I'm rooting for them to make better arguments. Um, I noticed that the, there was this, this notion that when you are either lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, mm -hmm. it's like the narrative in popular culture is that you are most likely left leaning. Mm -hmm. Now, is that is there some truth to that? Yeah. On how, what is that? Yeah, there's some truth to it. I think that the LGBT community is more inherently to the left. left. Um, inherently left. Like alternative lifestyle for sure. Well, the thing is that the, that that LGBT people are alternative, non-traditional by default, mm -hmm. and so at least the more traditionalist wings of conservatism uh, maybe don't appeal to them quite as much mm -hmm. um, for that reason, just by virtue of who they are. But also, the left have this way of they have this looking out for the little guy mentality, and so of course, if you know 
when 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 LGBT people feel like minorities and I have that what they call uh, minority anxiety or whatever, um, um, and and they feel kind of out of place. Of course, the side of of um, the political spectrum that says. We'll take care of you. Come in. Mm-hmm. Come in. We'll protect you and make sure your rights aren't stepped upon and that your rights are furthered. Of mm-hmm. course, they're going to lean that way. What I was wondering is that, was is there like a conflation between left-leaning and libertarian in the LGBT community? Um, well, there are definitely libertarian elements to the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think think that the LGBT community at large really know much about libertarianism. Because you figure they would, because that's their kind of bread and butter, right? No, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, just leave all, us alone. A lot of them are think? pretty leftist, though. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, socially liberal, fiscally leftist. So, like, socially, like, leave me alone. Socially libertarian mm-hmm. and fiscally uh, very, very, like, left. Okay. Government regulation kind of thing. I I'm, I'm like, I don't know why that has to be that way. Um, Have you gotten but shit? But I think, I think we're realizing more and more mm-hmm. how many LGBT people actually don't feel part of the left-wing LGBT community. Mm-hmm. We're realizing more and more with people like myself, with people like Blair White and with her following. And she has a bigger LGBT following than I think she realizes. Mm-hmm. And I think her most devout following are LGBT members, like gay boys, trans girls, trans guys, those kinds of people. And Everyone alienated by the lefty yeah, LGBT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, and they're all kind of center-right, center-libertarian. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm seeing, like, we have an opportunity here to create our community. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. That is, like, a little bit more, like... Reasonable? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I... I, I I still think that, or at least uh, we have a chance to make a, poli- a community that is depoliticized, right? Okay. I, I would love that. I think that would be great. Do you think that's a goal? That would so be a- what would you bond over then? Just the fact that you guys have a sexual orientation that's similar? Well, well, people people often say, you know, why should I associate with you just because you like the same people as me? But there, there is a, a common experience amongst mm. uh, uh, across these these groups and and those common experiences matter because they're common experiences that uh, that um, other people maybe don't understand quite as much and mm-hmm. and often you like that support and you like that kind of there's also a whole culture surrounding mm. it and it's not just the political culture there is like for example drag culture there is like uh, gay slang there is uh, trans slang actually oh yeah um, like code so words there's, yeah this this yeah yeah one hundred percent there's this whole this whole background of knowledge, of shared knowledge, um, that um, I wish that's what the LGBT community was rather than the politics. Mm-hmm. So, Have you gotten hate mail or whatever from the LGBT community about your political stances on certain issues? You know, the left tends not to bug me, mm-hmm. but that's also the problem because they tend to pretend like I don't exist, which is they unperson me. Basically, like I like no consequence, Theron Meyer. Who is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, they wouldn't even uh, say my name. Uh-huh. A lot of them, they wouldn't even like uh, Riley Dennis. Do you know Riley Dennis? Yes, I do. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Riley was on a live. You're you're a bigot if you don't you know sleep with me. So go fuck yourself. 
right? Is he is is it that is it that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was very obnoxious. I really didn't appreciate that, and it wasn't logically consistent. I think. Right. Sorry, I don't know. If- well, well, I think I think that the anti-HW community have. Um, maybe res- rep- misrepresented Riley's stances on some things. That's my interpretation of exaggeration, it. Exaggerated, exaggerated um, Riley's positions. Um, but I also think, as I said about leftists in the past, uh, Riley is not particularly articulate or particularly sensitive about how, me- how her message comes across. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of like, um, uh, you're either with us or against us yeah, talk, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that really pushes a viewer away. Yeah. And, and, you know, but that's not what bugs me the most. What bugs me the most is her unwillingness to uh, have a dialogue. Mm. Um, someone asked her in live stream, you know, what do you think of Theron Maya? And then she, she said, ah, uh, I think that person made a shitty response video to me. So, yeah, I, I don't know much to say about them. Don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't even say Theron. Theron Maya wouldn't say it. I mean, like, what's Riley Dennis? Okay, this person definitely watched your videos. Yeah. Right, probably obsessively. I don't know. I I think so. You don't just avoid something, um, like, ignorant of the the contents of it, right? Well, Well, she obviously watched my response video. Oh, yeah. I don't mean to start shit. I just, I no, no, I am freaking <laughs> care. So yeah, uh, overall, the left uh, tend to unperson you and pretend like you don't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that uh, notion, though? That um, because you're of a certain sexual orientation, or whatever, you have to be left. Like, do you feel like you always have to dispel that kind of stereotype when you um, meet people? Um, no, not so much. Or I work mean, with people. <laughs> The the new the new people I meet already know me, mm-hmm. um, and I don't generally meet a lot of new people. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> when I do, it's it's as Theron Maya. Yeah, yeah. They know who I am. So fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I like how you do like the America's Next Top Model thing at the end of your videos, the flashing, <laughs> <laughs> like hair whipping. Like no one does this <laughs> except for me. Yeah, exactly. It's it's funny. It's like wow, work it. Um, I keep having to bring this to to kids because um I didn't get to ask this question earlier, mm-hmm. but no worries. Um, how would you address gender dysphoria in children? Mm. God, that's a freaking tough one, man. Um, I would say do everything you can that isn't permanent, uh, per- medical intervention with permanent side effects. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good base. Yeah. yeah. And and that includes taking a kid to a therapist. And if that gender dysphoria is genuine and it's coming from a place of the kid actually being transgender, because that's not always the case. Sometimes kids just have gender dysphoria because their their gender identity is still in formation. Like a phase? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a phase. Okay. Sometimes it sometimes it is. Uh, oftentimes it is. Um gender dysphoria is not just something experienced by trans kids uh, mm. or trans people. Uh, there are cis people who experience gender dysphoria for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be, um, the kid needs to 
see a psychologist therapist and figure out if it's if it's not genuine figure out or, or like if it's not from being trans mm-hmm. figure out what it's from and then treat that if it if the kid truly is trans then you can treat it um non-medically through social social transition so um that means a supportive social environment that recognizes that kid's gender identity right mm-hmm. um and uh, allowing the kid to uh maybe wear the clothes of their choosing and and maybe um, this is a more difficult one because schools are tough um what's the socialization element the, the social element the social transition element um because uh, and and studies have shown that that does a lot having a social support network having accepting parents parents who understand your identity and who who affirm that um and um that really reduces risk of like serious mental health and suicide mm-hmm. so i would say try that and if it's really bad like near suicide that's how much the kids dysphoria is crippling then you can start considering um puberty blockers mhm um that is my opinion on as it as a right last now. resort yeah that is my opinion on it right now mhm i think that's my only issue i guess with um children because i just don't want it to get to like an irreversible point yeah with children you know because like they have all the rest of their life to deal with this choice i or i mean like the choice that you're making for them in a sense Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, well, I think we need to look at from a risk uh from a medical perspective and what do doctors do? They want to reduce risk and reduce harm. Mhm. Right? That is their MO, you know. And so the reason we have to be extra careful with kids is because they're not fully developed yet, so there's increased risk of them of regret. Mhm. Um and of, you know, well yeah regret so there's increased risk so once the potential for harm like suicide is so high that it outweighs the risk that's when you can start thinking about it mm-hmm. but just because there is risk is risk to allowing a child to transition is that's not enough of a reason to say in no no case ever should it happen right mm-hmm. because that's just not how doctors operate that's not how they think they mm-hmm. want to reduce risk and reduce harm as much as possible and that means balancing out there's risk with every single medication mm-hmm. right no medication is perfect or safe um but we need to think it from think of it as a medical standpoint um and children with gender dysphoria is, it's a difficult thing but i think people need to think of it like a, like a like someone in the field of medicine would mhm so uh transition surgery is not off the table for? like off, for um dealing with the the gender dysphoria well obviously. well well maybe in adulthood yeah sure adulthood that like it's on the once, person or once you're an adult you can i i suppose do you do do what seems right for you mm-hmm. uh, of course i think there needs to be some um uh, medical supervision or so you don't think So you don't think that uh parents or uh the government have a role in deciding that for the for the child for the person? Um what if well if we if we're talking about children I definitely don't don't um support like transition surgeries. Mm-hmm. I I only in 
very, very extreme cases support puberty blockers. Okay. Um, but not anything other than that. So, of course, I think the government uh, and the medical community and the parents should play a role in that. Okay. But after, in adulthood, then, of course, you know, do as an adult does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just had like a freak out when uh, Bill C-16 passed because I figured that, oh, they're going to teach this to our kids and stuff and what am I going to do? Well, uh, that that would happen. That They're teaching this kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh, regardless of... Um, Regardless of that bill, you know what? I don't exactly. I don't mind the education, like aspect. Well, I, I just I don't want, want that education to be mm -hmm. grounded in um, psychological exactly. findings and medical findings. I do not mind kids being exposed to the to the idea of like trans. Mm. I just don't want it to be ideologically motivated exactly. and driven. Agreed. Right? I want it to be based in psychology, based on medical precedent, mm -hmm. all of those things, just like any other like field yeah. of education. Yeah. Right. I think like the risk of, of 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 drug abuse or smoking. Like we go by what's what's um, medical precedent. We go by the research. We go by all of those things. We need to do it the same way for like uh, LGBT issues. Right? Yeah, you don't just virtue signal and pass a fucking law. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, yeah. that was very articulate. I like you opened the vistas of my my knowledge there <laughs> and I appreciate it but anyways okay we will be right back with Aaron Meyer for the last segment too bad too late <laughs> do you like Taylor Swift? Uh, not a particular fan no I don't hate her though I do like her latest song uh, look what you made me do look what you made me do yeah <laughs> I like calling her Tay Tay Tay-Tay? Yeah, it's probably like the girliest thing I do, but it's just, it's so fun to call her. Like, That's I'm not even a, like a genuine fan of her. I think she's gorgeous. I like calling her T-Swizzle. T-Swizzle? I like calling her Tay-Tay. Yeah, yeah. So it's really fun. Um, I think, let's like have like a fun, fun round, fun segment. Okay. Um, can I, I'm going to share a story with you. You can, we can do Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> okay. Fuck, did. Mary Kill with a trans person. This is going to be great. <laughs> no, uh... Okay, yeah. Okay, fuck, Mary kill. With, okay. like, YouTubers? Sure, go ahead. Oh, that's a way to start shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so I'll ask you, fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Lauren Southern, Blair White. Mm -hmm. Now I gotta pick a guy. I don't know any guys. Sticks. Sticks, sex and hammer? Yeah. Uh, geez, that is difficult. Oh, is it? Because you know all of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to fuck either of my friends. <laughs> I'll marry Lauren Southern. Uh-huh. Kill Blair White. She's because she's I'm envious of her. There can only amazing, be one. I'm amazing oh. of her. I'm, I'm envious of her amazing camera presence. So uh fuck her. No, I, I love her. I love you, Blair. Um uh and fuck Sticks Hammer, I guess, because he's the By only one default. that isn't my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. A good answer. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully that stirs a little, stirs a pot a bit. No, it won't really. No. <laughs> no. Do they ever like talk about you in their podcasts and stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, not again. Do they no. reference you? I was you? referenced by Jordan Peterson just like in a in an event the other day. Apparently, I haven't oh, seen really it myself, not. but I was told. Okay. So. Yeah. How is it being a YouTube uh, personality? 
Not um, a lot of people get to live that. Well, they do, true. but not a lot of people get very successful, get enough attention to be referenced. Right, you know, right, right, right. Have videos made about you. That must be so weird. It's not always, uh, it's not always easy. Uh-huh. I definitely don't have a personality that is quite cut out for the YouTube life. Mm-hmm. So it takes some extra work for me to get past that. And people often see me, you know, taking weeks off making videos mm-hmm. and doing this and that um, uh, kind of faux pas in, in YouTube world. Like you don't, you don't like go off the grid for like weeks on end. Yeah. Right? Um, okay. You just don't do that. But like I have to in order to like stay, <laughs> keep my sanity because uh, the internet is a, is a wild and crazy place. And when mm-hmm. you're in the middle of it, yeah, it's it. It can be it can be tiring. It can be emotionally exhausting. It is tiring. It is emotionally exhausting. Uh, it is. It's not easy. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I, I try to to do what 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 do feminists call it self care. I try to impl- implement enough self care in my life. Like sure. days off. Uh, days off when I need it. Mm-hmm. Um. And and just taking a week a break from YouTube and being like, I'm sorry, guys, and I promise I'll be w- doing work for YouTube. I just won't be on on camera mm-hmm. for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you deal with the um, yeah. incessant comments? Um, I have gotten used to kind of the hate mm-hmm. or the the. the Mean spiritedness. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can still get to me. I hate to say that, really, but I'm human, and and you know, you read those things, and at the end of the day, it, it's it's it is a person holding that sentiment, mm-hmm. and that is enough, really, for it to sting. Like it someone is, out there feels this some, way about me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, course. definitely. Of course, it it has an effect on you. Um, and especially when it's it's kind of constant. When did you give up on that? Because like I, I like I'm very like humbly get maybe one or a couple of comments mm-hmm. on a thing. And well, hopefully so, and, you get more this time. Yeah, no. Yeah, I hope so. Um, no, but like the first couple, I'd be like I'd uh, rebut them or like go along with their question and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I found that like, what did that accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like. This person didn't subscribe. Like I don't like care enough to really answer. Then I invested all this energy and time. It's like no, no, inconsequential. Yeah, exactly. And I would say, don't, don't do it. Just Mm -hmm. don't argue. Don't argue online unless you're doing it in a video or unless it's a formal debate. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. Yeah, not worth it. eh? It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. Is there like a and it'll mm -hmm. help your mental health in the long run. Yeah. Do you hang out with the uh, YouTubers ever? Because uh, well, they're scattered with, all over the place. I hang out with Lauren. Um, I, oh, does she live in BC? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes she visits. Her pa- her parents live in BC, so whenever uh, she visits she, her parents, she visits me. Um, who else do I hang out with? I, I'm friends with Blair and Contra. I've just, Contra points. I've never met them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I am going to meet them uh, in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a YouTube conference? No, not a YouTube conference. For an event that we're all doing together under the um, it's like a you it's like a free speech event. Mm-hmm. So in, in Vancouver. So yeah. this is like in, next year. You said 
Yeah, it's in January. Oh, it's in January. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. You want to plug that? Uh, I don't know the date yet. So okay. Unfortunately, get all hundred people to, who are watching this right now. <laughs> uh, oh man, if, if I don't make fun of myself, I'd die. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> important to make fun of yourself. No, I wanted to share the story with you earlier. Okay, so um, uh, I'm in a band. Uh, I was invited to go play this like little mini festival DIY festival, mm-hmm. and on the um. On the Facebook event page, mm-hmm. uh, someone wrote, um, "So this is a safe space, right? Uh, f- like uh, no, uh, no, it's like no homophobia, no transphobia, racism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." And I couldn't keep my mouth shut, and I just commented, um, "Can can we please not like do thought policing?" Something along those lines, that sentiment. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is just basically me being triggered by this political dog whistle, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, I knew what all that meant, right? But I don't know if anybody else did. Is this a leftist space? Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. like we're all fucking SJWs, right, guys? Right, guys? And then it, it kind of sets a tone. And people were basically like, you're, you're alienating people. Why are you alienating? And then, like, I just wanted to say that, you know, maybe I felt alienated by this. You know, I I, I wanted to just play this show without having it like be super political. political. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I understand trans people will be there. Like, great, I don't have anything against fucking trans people. It's just that the that notion. I know where that's derived from. And like, over the past year, I've been very sensitive to, uh, I guess that kind of that kind of talk, mm-hmm. and I had to speak in my mind. And then we were cut off the bill. So, yeah, we were disinvited. I'm sorry to hear that. No, it was uh, shitty. But now I have Theron Maya here listening to that story. So go fuck yourselves, guys. Yeah, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, what do you think of safe spaces? What do you think of that no transphobia, et cetera, language? Okay, so I think that the idea of a safe space uh, is not inherently horrible. I think, Mm -hmm. sure, there can be spaces where certain things just aren't discussed because it's just not appropriate for that space, mm-hmm. right? Um, so maybe a safe space on um, a college campus would be a space uh, for, let's say, a safe space for trans people on a college campus. Just a space where they know it's off, it's off the table to um, to discuss or the validity of trans people. Mm-hmm. or to question them on their transness. It's just a space where they can just be who they are um, and don't have to worry about that questioning. Be- and you know what? I'm okay with those safe spaces if they're like only here and there. And if universe, if, if classrooms don't become safe spaces and if lectures mm-hmm. don't become safe spaces and if um, tutorials don't become safe spaces. Um, if But if there's like a safe space like from nine to five this is where you know trans people can meet and hang out and it's a safe space where um you know trans people's validity won't be questioned Mm -hmm. or whatever i'm fine with that that's okay Mm -hmm. like i I don't hate that but it's just the idea that that you know a music festival needs to be a safe space like Mm -hmm. what no no Mm Yeah, what do you think of that though? That, I think that's that's kind of ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Because I don't I don't how how is that even enforced? And how, how is that <sighs> even relevant? It's not relevant, right? Mm-hmm. 
Some of the acts were trans, I think, or one of the acts were trans. Okay. But like, could you like empathize with like what I said though? Of like, course. you understand? No, no, no. I know. I, know I, I and I know what you mean by a dog whistle. Of course. Yeah. I get what you. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, my point is just that the idea of a safe space isn't inherently a bad thing. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I was involved in like men's issues activism on my campus way back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, because I found like the issues of like men and boys uh, weren't being discussed. And I thought if a trans woman, you know, leads this conversation, then we'll be able to shut the conversation down because that would be oppressing Protected, a minority. Yeah. Yeah. And so I led that and uh, we actually wanted to start a men's circle. And a men's circle would basically be what we could think of as a safe space, right? I don't think safe spaces is bad. It's basically... Men coming together, talking about their issues without feeling like they're going to be judged, like how feminists judge men mm -hmm. or like how the world judge men for, you know, being vulnerable or, or so on. And so, mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't have anything against that. You know what I found about like those MR, is it fair to call them MRA? Sure. Okay. Uh, those uh, meetings, it, it's not like they don't like welcome challenging uh, opinions, right? I, I think I've heard uh, a feminist or two um I guess, like, express their opinion in one of those meetings, and uh, they seem to be more tolerant. Yeah, so of that's an MRA meeting. Okay. This was just a men's circle. So it's okay. basically where guys just come together and talk about personal shit, mm -hmm. not talk about men's rights and, mm -hmm. and, and activism per se, not per se. Oh, this is just like a group of guys. Yeah, because, okay. yeah, yeah, it's just a group of dudes. Mm. You know? Just dragging each other off. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the natural image that comes to mind. No, but um, main circle joke. Yeah, yeah, something is something. Um, what was I trying to say here? Oh yeah, so like, there's nothing inherently wrong with a safe space. I I think, but I think it can be misapplied by yeah. sensitive, oversensitive, controlling people. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that those safe spaces in schools, like? Like, what would that be like? A, like a hangout thing? Like, what would the what would the function of that space so, be? So, so there was, um, in my school, there was the there was a literal space, safe space. The LGBT center was a safe space. So uh, it was a space in which like a building. No, it was just basically just one room. Oh, that was like open and it had some LGBT resources, and you know you could just go hang out there if, mm. and and I think some kids even sleep slept over there. Um. It's just support for like uh, on on campus LGBT people. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be LGBT to be in that space, mm -hmm. but you have to um, follow certain rules of conduct, and that includes basically not challenging people's transness, for example, or like mm -hmm. even as a trans person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there there is some degree of like you can't say certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe you can disagree with it, but like, at the end of the day, if you don't, if you want to have that conversation, you can't have it there. Then like, why are you there? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I freedom of association. Like, yeah. Like yeah. if you if you don't want to be there, but you want to talk about these things, like, then go somewhere else. Don't be an asshole. And that's what I accepted about their disinviting me. It's like, okay, you guys are. This is your event. You know. Yeah. Though I, I would say I would say that's more inappropriate because that's a okay. music festival, mm. right? Um, also, we practiced a lot. 
And we sunk in a couple hundred bucks just like getting our shit together and stuff. So that was pretty inconsiderate to do that to us last minute. That is so, inconsiderate. Yeah. And I'm sorry that happened to you. I oh, definitely don't you. support that. I, I don't, I'm not a supporter of that. I, mm-hmm. Just because I think that inherently the idea of a safe space isn't bad. Um, if you knew beforehand the music festival was a safe space and you mm. wouldn't be allowed to say certain things, that's different, of mm-hmm. course. But like you've been practicing and you were on the roster and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got kicked off. Like that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Of course. But then again, I didn't want to like, you know, cause a scene by being there and whatnot. I, you know, I don't know. Do, do you have SJW friends or uh, what's your experience with uh, social justice warriors been like? Um, I assume you've had some experience with that. Yeah, yeah. No, my, my worst experiences were definitely like not so much online because they don't really follow me or associate with me online. Mm-hmm. It was mostly on campus. Um, I guess my experience is like the same that that everyone else like. Well, they shout you down. Yeah, yeah, and they Ew. use. They shout you down. They um, pretend like they care about people, but they're just using that as like um, an excuse to control your thought and your speech. Mm-hmm. Um, having that said, I think the term SJW has definitely been overused at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think now every progressive is an SJW in the eyes of some. Mm-hmm. I'm an SJW in a lot of people's eyes. What kind of SJW? Just an SJW. Right. Just yeah. because you stand up for something, you're well, Yeah, because I have SJW. certain left-wing opinions mm-hmm. or I think certain things are like not okay because I become upset in some circumstances and I become mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me an SJW. And like, so I've become, I've started to y- use the word less and less because I think it's lost meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think um, at the end of the day, like SJW, what is that? What does that term really uh, accomplish in in the world of dialogue and political dialogue? Right. What what are you? It's like calling someone a Nazi. Yeah, exactly. It's a label. It's just a label to yeah. disassociate or to demonize or to shut down. Like if if you feel someone is acting like an SJW, instead of calling them that, articulate it better. Either articulate it better, or just don't 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 associate. But like, mm. what is what is productive about that? And I'm not saying everything that I do is always constructive, productive. Mm-hmm. Um, like this. Yeah, this is not very <laughs> constructive, productive. Right. Like sometimes you're just like raging against mm-hmm. the machine. And you're like, oh. but I think that we need to take the time. We should not build a movement on that, and mm-hmm. we should uh, self-criticize and um, and call out our own. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, where are you gonna take your channel? What are you? What are your plans for? Uh... I really just want to focus as much as I can on the trans issue because mm-hmm. I feel like there aren't enough voices out there articulating the issue properly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you really elucidated some things for me. I didn't okay. really um, like my, I guess, perspective of the, the trans issue. Um, was very narrow or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, was very, I guess, uh, I had some preconceived notions of what that is, mm-hmm. right? Because it is a very multifaceted issue. Yeah, it's and a you, multifaceted. You can attack it from like so many different angles. Yeah. And um, yeah, th- that's why I found that like as soon as I started like uh, meeting people uh, like yourself, like mm-hmm. articulate people, people who have opinions, 
um, like based in I guess, like research. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been like uh, I've been quieter. I've just like I just like learned to listen more, and maybe mm. I don't know some shit. But mm. um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that um, that's something that especially online we can all benefit from is from. Um, just having open ears and and just listening mm-hmm. more. Um, yeah, I think I think like everyone, including myself, I'm often like terrible. Like you're just like when you end up just raging and yelling, and you're just not listening. Uh-huh. I think I think that's kind of uh, exacerbated by how the internet works, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. The, um, the the fact that you're not like looking at someone face to face, right? Yeah, it's uh, you disassociate. I guess it's easier yeah. to disassociate. Yeah. You're unperson. <laughs> Did you make up that word unperson? No, unperson is like a word from 1984. Uh, is it? It's not a human anymore. Oh, once you cool. once you've um, committed a thought crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I think um, okay. I think but, it's from 1984. Like like I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. but. What do you it's think? from somewhere, from some literature, but I'm pretty sure it's from Antony. What do you think is one of the most important, um, uh, th- like one, one of the greatest threats, existential threats to our, to was it civilization at this moment? That's a difficult question. Because we, we see a lot of like social justice stuff being written to our law, right? And that's pretty toxic. That's, I think that I will think, cause irreparable damage. Honestly, I don't. I think the biggest threat to Western civilization right now is ourselves. I think we're eating ourselves alive, potentially. Like what, the way. What, we're, what do you mean by that? The way we become, we're becoming radicalized. I've seen the right become more right wing, the left become more left wing, and the yeah. more polarized they become. And like I've heard it once described by a guest on Sam Harris's podcast as one screen, two movies are playing. And there's these two movies that we are watching in reality. Mm-hmm. And this one group sees a completely different film. You know, they're looking at the exact same footage. And uh, the other side is looking at a totally different film. Mm-hmm. And that disconnect is going to like cause violence because people at this point have an inherent lack of understanding each other of wanting to understand each other, mm. of having mutual respectful dialogue. At least that's what I'm seeing happening. Um, and, and I think if if we don't address it now, it'll just get worse. So, yeah, it's spiraling out of control, um, the, the polarization into basically militant camps. You think that's just like what the media is pushing? You think working class people or people who have meaningful lives actually mm-hmm. have something invested in these kinds of politics? Well, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be everyone. It doesn't have to be mm. every oh, that's single right. citizen. That's right. Yeah. Just need like the loud bunch, right? Yeah, the loud bunch on both sides. And, um, and just civil war. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Um, so... What's your solution to this there? <laughs> and I'm not saying that is necessarily the biggest existential threat, but uh-huh. I think it's, or at least I'm not saying it's a huge existential threat, but it's definitely one of the biggest. Um, yeah. So, and what's yeah. your uh, prescription for that? Talk? Talk. And um, I actually had a whole speech on one of the thing, mm. ways we can we can reduce uh, we can de-escalate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a proper word, I think. 
yeah, de- de-escalate, yeah. I think is the right word. Um, I think, yeah, talk. Don't demonize, don't other, empathize uh, with the uh, your opponent rather than the opposite, which is basically just demonizing the opponent. Take the time in your personal political journey to try your best to understand where the opposition is coming from. If anything, it'll help better your arguments, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to end up agreeing with them, Mm -hmm. but it's going to end up, you're going to end up probably seeing where they're coming from as humans. Mm -hmm. And that'll push you a little bit to the center, even if you didn't change your opinions. Mm -hmm. It'll still kind of center you as a person. Mm-hmm. In the kind of meditative sense, but also in the political sense. I yeah, think. yeah. I think that uh, that middle path is definitely key. In my opinion, it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Because I find myself yeah. straddling between yeah. like all these uh, conflicting thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I think that's uh, that's time. Okay. So Theron mm-hmm. Meyer, I really appreciate you coming here. This is. Uh, I appreciate you having me. This was like a great, a great time, and uh, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, fill in the blank there. I'm, I'm very happy. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really happy too. I think that this was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful meeting you. Make sure yeah. to come back when you're in town. I will. I will. I'll hit you up. I've yeah. got your number, so yeah, I've got Theron's number. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be. Actually, we'll, we're going. Yeah, I'm not saying we'll be right back. Theron Meyer, too bad, too late. We'll be right gone. We'll be right gone.